The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, we continue the conversation on the talking point. Um, our, our last conversation of the day was really to reflect on the Springbok win and perhaps take a look at the the conversation around unity and what this victory effectively means for us. And um, and in the open line, lots of people have had different views on whether the moment and the way in which it has brought South Africans together is real or if it's just something that will happen over a few days and our reality is that in fact we are not united is that in fact um, the issues that we have around race around diversity inclusivity um, that those issues are far greater perhaps even insurmountable um, and, and not as, as 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 clear as what we see when we're watching the Springbok rugby and the victory that they've been able to bring to us as a country. Firstly, let me apologize to all of the guests for uh, coming to this conversation late. We had to uh, continue and extend the conversation on UNISA, and I do apologize for that. Let me invite Terry Oakley-Smith, founder and CEO of Diversity. Terry, always a pleasure. Good morning, my dear. Good morning, Kathy. Always lovely talking to you. Brian Mklanga, Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Specialist. Good morning, Good morning, Mr Mklanga. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to the listeners. And thank you very much for having us. And Professor Joe Owen is Head of Anthropology at the University of the Free State. Uh, Prof Owen, good morning. Morning, Kathy, and morning, listeners. So I have been, besides myself, I have been absolutely excited and in many ways I've been reflecting um, on my own dreams, my own goals and some of the things that I've tossed aside over the years simply because it just seems like one will never get there. That's what this moment of the Springbok rugby win has done for me as an individual. But I think also questioning the country, our ability to, I suppose, take the little hope that the moment represents and use it to steer us further. Terry, are we overplaying this moment? Uh, you know, those of us that are feeling this way, are we stretching it far beyond what it actually means? Well, Kathy, I think first of all, to say huge congratulations to our team and to their coaches, because they have given us a huge ray of hope at a time when South Africa, quite frankly, is feeling very down. And I think the captain put it so well in the speech that he made after um, winning the tournament. Um, And one doesn't want to immediately go into a why this isn't going to make a difference kind of thing. I think what it does show South Africa is how important diversity, equity and inclusion are. And, you know, in South Africa as a country, We have so much diversity, not just racial diversity, which we obviously have, but also gender and identity diversity, class diversity, language diversity. I think we all learned a little bit of Afrikaans during that match against England. Um, So I think it would be a pity to sort of gainsay and go against the euphoria and the hears that surrounds the moment. Um, so I think what we can, what we should do is turn our attention to what can we learn from what they did? What can we learn as a country 
as business organizations from the fact that these people were able to pull together in spite of their quite overwhelming differences and actually win the World Cup. And I think if we as South Africa can focus on the kind of things they did, that will help us to extend this moment. Otherwise, it will become a little bit like the 2010 Soccer World Cup that we hosted. Yeah. You know, huge enthusiasm for the moment, but nothing much very lasting. Yeah. We need to build on it. It, it's such an important point that you're making there that even just on the issue of language, right, who knew that South Africans would all stand up in the way that we have seen, um, Weitkant, <laughs> you know, suddenly yes. becomes part of our <laughs> lexicon. And, yes. um, and, and, you know, th- there's so many ironies to that situation because that's that could easily have been a conversation that, you know, was sparked in South Africa. But the way in which black, white were united in their condemnation of including how the British press was oh. writing around the story, uh, what they were saying about Bongi uh, Mbonambi, um, is also incredible because these are things that we fight about amongst ourselves almost every every other day. So, so I think, yeah, lots of opportunity for reflection there. I'm going to go to the latest news headlines and then we'll continue this conversation after this. We continue the conversation on the talking point. Terry Oki Smith, Brian Mthlanga, and Professor Joy Owen on the line. Brian, let me give you your chance to weigh in on this conversation. Yeah, so, uh, I, so I, I'm quite, <laughs> I'm in liminal space at this particular time. And uh, a big congratulations to the team. I think they've done us proud. We're really happy. And for once, in the in, in what has been happening this year in South Africa, there's been a light moment. We've gone through much as a country, right? Uh, starting from April, where we had the Nandipas and all those things that were taking place in the country, and here we find ourselves having a very positive moment. But I would also like us to be very mindful and not to to get into this false harmony state, because um, yes, the, the 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 rugby has brought us together. But and it doesn't mean that we are there's unity. There is no unity at all. We've got harmony, but it's a false harmony that has been created by. But, by and, and Brian, why is it a false harmony, right? Because so the the people that have been going out, you know, and, and this is I think what has really moved me: mm-hmm. South Africans from all walks of life, mm-hmm. leaving their homes deciding to not watch the rugby alone, but go to a fan park to be with other South Africans. Why is that, that move itself, why is that considered false? Because this is the agency of South Africans themselves, not spurred on by government, not not asked by anyone, but by themselves feeling that this is what the moment requires. Why is that false? we back to where we were on Thursday evening. We still are faced with the same issues. We still are faced with the same. Uh, we still are faced with the same issues. Our bread and butter issues are still the same. Some of them, which are deeply rooted in our past. So the way that my neighbour, who doesn't speak to me, who is of a different gender or a different race, is still the same. Yet we were sitting in the same park watching the, the rugby together on Saturday night. 
Professor Owen, let me come to you and give you a chance to weigh in here. Uh, Kathy, I think what I want to say is probably that we shouldn't create a binary. Um, it's easy to say we have unity. It's easy to say we don't. It's very difficult to talk about those moments that bring us together and the moments that pull us apart. And some of those moments that pull us apart we know are structural. They are systemic. But that doesn't change the fact that when, for me, I, I was alone, my son fell asleep and I was alone watching the game and I was screaming and yelling. And those final 10 minutes, I stood up <laughs> and I kept shouting, hold the line. And I think for me, and I, I'm very emotional about it, I think for me, that is what South Africans are really, really good at. We know how to hold the line, even literally protecting one point. And so I find those moments um, between individuals. You know, Brian is saying we're still in the same position where the neighbors of last week are not speaking to us despite this win. And and I want to say to him, but why aren't you greeting? Why aren't you taking the moment and saying, let me see what I have in common here? Because for me, what Sia and the team showed was that if you have one goal in sight, you can be as diverse as the night sky. If you have one goal in sight and you move towards it in unison, that goal can be reached and surpassed. And I think that's the hope that South Africans are holding on to. I've consistently said that sometimes the only thing that keeps me in the country is hope. And there have been times when I've felt it's false. But then I look at the students that I teach and they show me every single day that there's still hope. They show up. They're ready to learn. They're ready to understand. They're ready to engage with each other in ways that we don't always do um, with our neighbors, as Brian indicated. But they offer me that hope. And so the team on Saturday confirmed to me that what I see in my students sits in the larger South African population because really, as we said it, the team is representative of all South Africans. Uh, Terry, what is the opportunity of 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 the moment um because again it can be very easy to look at where south africa is today yes winning the sprung the you know winning the the world cup has not created more jobs it has not necessarily lifted more people out of poverty but that's not the job of the team that um, i tend to agree with Brian that um, what it has created is a, a kind of false, or maybe not false, but a very momentary harmony. Because I think that, um, you know, I've been working on diversity and inclusion for 30 years in South Africa, Kathy. And I can tell you that it's almost as hard today as it was when I started in 1993. And it really comes down to the fact that South Africans simply don't know each other across the mm. barriers of race, of culture, mm. class, mm. religion, and so on. We're just incredibly separated. And okay. so I think what we can learn and to be a, um, to try and put a positive spin on this is taking the huge joy that South Africans, that we all experienced on Saturday, is to look at what can we do to sustain this um, in a country where things are very hard to sustain. Today I sit here in the rain with load shedding, so it's a very different feeling from the Saturday night jumping mm -hmm. up and screaming feeling. 
Um, and I think what um, Joy also said about uh, or referred to about the unemployment, the poverty, I mean, people's lives don't change on one night, unfortunately. But where we have the opportunity, where we get together as South Africans, for example, in universities, as Joy was saying, in businesses, the kind of organizations that I assume Brian and I work in, there yeah. we have an opportunity to take this moment and say, right, let's look at what they did to see how we can become more inclusive. What did they do? How did they get there? What? How did they train? When there were setbacks, how did they overcome them? How did they manage the fact that they were all speaking different languages? Um, so I think the lesson for us should be this team did incredibly well. Um, in spite of its initial diversity, they became inclusive. So how can we in our organizations, in our churches, in our mosques, in our in our synagogues, how can we become more cohesive so that that spreads to our country? Mm-hmm. Brian, it of course also comes at a time where undoubtedly we are going to be reflecting on how far this country has come 30 mm-hmm. years post-democracy mm-hmm. and the reality is that we have not attained, you know, yeah. the full fruit of the democratic project. So how do we use this, I think, this win? Um, because I'm also, um, I'm, I'm quite careful not to water down its significance. And especially through the remarkable story of Siakolisi, not only as team captain, but on his walk, his journey throughout his life. And mm. how crucial all of the investment that has gone into that young boy from the Eastern Cape how crucial that has been and how much of that is needed for the majority of, of South Africans. Yeah, yeah. So, they, I mean, that incredible work has gone into that team, no doubt. And we're really proud of them. We're really grateful for what they've done for the country, putting us on the map, the credibility that we get in and the rank that we now have within the sports fraternity. But I think where where the challenge is coming is where people are now trying to take that template and put it into our South African society post-democracy, right? Because as one of our colleagues on the panel this morning has just indicated, there are systemic things that are beyond, that a match can do, a match can fix. There are institutionalized things that a match will not be able to fix. Right, and a match would not be able to dismantle uh, over over 48, even 48 weeks. Yes, the interpersonal relationships, you and I and our colleagues, we can relate to one another, and we can try and create a sense of belonging for for each other. Right, but we need the work still needs to be done. We still need to do the work of social transformation in South Africa, and we far from it. Not let alone economic transformation. We are far from, 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 from that, from where I'm sitting right now. So we appreciate it and we should celebrate, but we cannot think that um, this victory is going to automatically unite us. It's not. All right. Professor Owen, I've just gotten a message here from one, one of our listeners, um, you know, who says that um, having people watching the game in fan parks isn't a demonstration of unity um, in, in the country. Uh, let me see. Yeah, it's 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 
it's just like is um it's not a demonstration of of unity um mm-hmm. having a few black players in the squad is a is a sign of diversity but in fact it's quite the opposite of diversity in a country of more than 90% black people Yes, the win was great and amazingly heroic uh, performance by the squad, but it's nothing more and nothing less. It's our need to be assimilated by some of us that gets the better of us sometimes. That's Klompo out in Midrand um, making that comment on on, on social media. Yes, Brian? Just uh, so so people are asking, and in, in some of the community, I belong to a community where people are saying, "How come we don't see this around Banyana Banyana? We didn't see this around our netball team. Mm. We didn't see this around Banyana uh, Bafana Bafana." What all is right. that telling we, us? We all know why we don't see it around Bafana, <laughs> but okay, <laughs> so, fine, okay, okay. Only two No, I mean, if out. we're going to have a debate, like <laughs> yeah. okay, fine, okay. Uh, Banyana, uh, then the netball team, we did not stop. The world did not stop already. So when we, I look at it with the lens of tra- transformation and diversity, right? That's already patriarchy at play. Yeah. Which I'm enforcing myself as a beneficiary also. Okay. Brian, I've heard you loud and clear. Look, <laughs> I, I, I wonder what, how much of it also has to do with, with matters of, of branding and, and the yeah. power really of branding, which is a completely different conversation because we talk about support for Banyana Banyana. This year was phenomenal for Banyana Banyana. I, you know, just the, the games, the way in which the public followed them. Um, but perhaps it's something different that people are looking for when we talk about the support for sport. But Professor Owen, I, I want to give you a chance to come in uh, before we get ready to conclude this conversation. Mm. Kathy, you know, I'm, I'm sitting thinking and probably something that we need to understand. Um, there's a gentleman scholar, Benedict Anderson, who spoke about imagined communities and Literally, nations are that. We imagine them. And if you, if you think of them in terms of that, you will recognize that the nation cannot be fully formed. And given you know, what we've come through historically, what sits in our DNA and our lineage, we've got a lot of work to do, as Brian says, but we need to start somewhere. So if we think about how to build a nation, there's a lot of myth-making involved there. And one of those myth-making moments was the 1995 Rugby World Cup, um, where you see Madiba and Francois, and you think, wow, and this is just a year after we've gone out and we've voted. That becomes a part of our national story, something that brings us together. So when we think about all the other World Cups thereafter, there is that particular kind of energy, nuance, where people want to believe in what was possible. And of course, we're now having to talk about what is possible and what we can do. And here I think, you know, every single South African, um, whether at home, within the borders of the country or outside, they have a particular memory um, that is particularly South African. And to use that to think about what can I do? And I, I know um, class, et cetera, you know, one of the first things we want to think about is funding and money. But for me, it, it really is what can you do with what you have in the space that you are in? So it's not looking 
towards politicians to do the necessary, which they should do. It's not consistently saying, but the economy. It's really about every single individual South African saying, where am I accountable? Who am I accountable to? And can I see that I'm accountable to each other, despite race, despite class, despite gender, et cetera, et cetera? So if we start to build a very serious understanding of where we want to go, what is our vision? In 1994, prior to that, we had a particular kind of vision, and many South Africans lost their lives. Even Sia noted that. You know, so, so people gave their lives to make this moment possible for us. Now, what do we owe those people who died and who have, got, who have gone before? What do we owe them as an individual South African? All right. So uh, literally, um, it's probably my, uh, my last word, really, I think, to everybody. <laughs> is to All right. Ask, you know, wh- what, is, what is it that you are doing in your corner of the world? And I think that then becomes a perfect place for us to wrap it up with this particular conversation. We've come to the end of this show. Up next is the book reading.